So here we are, right before signing day. Everybody's getting excited, and so are we. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Well, we're putting this episode out. I'm going to put it out the night before signing day. Um, and so we'll also do, we're going to try and maybe do a live show like around noonish tomorrow. Um, and we think, so just stay tuned. We're going to put this out. Um, we're going to have another show tomorrow to talk about some of the signings because things are getting kind of nutty, Jimmy, uh, all over Good. the place. And you see the list of players uh, I've got for us to talk about tonight. And let's go ahead and knock this out. Let's go ahead and talk about Jay Sean Ross here for a second. Mm-hmm who committed to Alabama, you know, we cut the pod about this time plus or minus yesterday. And we talked about how we think Jay Sean Ross will be a part of this class. Well, lo and behold, he committed like 30 minutes after um, we did the pod, but we didn't put the pod out till this morning. So blah, blah, blah. You don't care about all that. And then uh, Jay Sean Ross is a part of this class. And, you know, I was uh, reading up on him a little bit. Mm -hmm. This guy, and I've seen some video of him now. I mean, I wouldn't, as in tune with how good he is, this kid's good, and he's mm-hmm. he's got potential through the roof. He's got a wingspan that's six foot ten. <laughs> that, that's that, I'm not. That's not a joke. That's what they said. Now I didn't see him spread his arms out and measure it, but that's yeah. what it said. Six ten on the wingspan. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not comparing him uh, as a prospect yeah. to Rashawn Evans because Rashawn was a five star that everyone in the country wanted and. And Rashawn ended up being a really good player at Alabama and a first-round pick and living up to his five-star status, I think. Uh, Jay Sean is not a five-star and shouldn't be a five-star. He's more, of, to me, just a, a solid four-star prospect. But Jay Sean Ross, his high school tape, reminds me of Rashawn Evans. Uh, and I think that in terms of size and, uh, and skill and traits, they're sort of similar uh, you know, in the ballpark. So, yeah, I'm really high on Jay Sean Ross. Uh, hey, you know, o- overall, I mean, you're talking about, you know, there's different rankings from different sites, but this is the number six player in Missouri. Uh, this is a kid that took official visits to Oklahoma and Tennessee. Uh, this is not some lightly recruited three-star at all. This is a, this is a quality uh, edge prospect. And it was always going to be difficult to sign an edge because we just signed Keon Keeley, Yonze Pierre, and Quay Rousseau. Has anyone ever signed three five-star edge players in one class like Alabama did a year ago? So it was always going to be difficult to add another, you know, big-time player at that position. We end up with Jay Sean Ross, who, uh, who again, I, I think is outstanding and uh, has a chance to be a really good player at Alabama. Yeah, the, uh, according to Max Preps, he had – this is, seems a little low. 23 total tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and eight sacks in 10 games. He also caused a fumble, blocked three punts, and blocked a field goal. Uh, he also had 14 receptions for 254 yards and four touchdowns um, on, the, on the offensive side. I think yeah, he played some offense. Any, any, any from St. Louis – I mean, can, I'm sorry, Kansas City. Yeah. So he probably – probably, I don't know the situation there, but being from such a big city, he probably plays against pretty good competition. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet that. And um again, I just like his potential. Like, yeah, he's a 
He's kind of thin. He reminds me a little bit of a maybe Ezekiel Knight. You remember him? Oh, I, like oh, I do like that. And yeah. Zeke played some offense, just like Jay Sean. And they're built similarly, those long arms. Boy, right before he got uh, that hole in his heart, which is what he had that made him quit playing football, Zeke was turning into a heck of a football player and then, then had the very unfortunate medical situation that made him ultimately just couldn't play football at the same level anymore. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had a big, long catch against Oklahoma when we played them at home under Mike Shula. And then uh, he had a big catch. And then we moved him to defensive end. I think he went to number 47. And he was hell on wheels, like you said, until his unfortunateness. But uh, regardless, Jason Ross will be a part of this class. I don't think there's any worry about him uh, flipping or, or ch changing minds or any of that. I think he signs more and everything's all good. Kevin Riley, uh, the – uh, running back out of Tuscaloosa. This is a guy that uh, sort of a home run hitter, as you said. Um, and as you astutely pointed out yesterday, I mean, yeah, some people may call him a project, but everybody's a project at this age. And um, I like him a lot. I like the fact that he's from Tuscaloosa. Uh, he doesn't give me uh, Brian Robinson Jr. vibes, but I mean, his story is a little bit the same. And although I thought I would say Brian Robinson had a more decorated high school career, than Kevin Riley did, but I like Kevin Riley's potential. And um, he obviously could have chosen from several different schools. I think Alabama's going to get him and that's going to bolster the class. Yeah. Really highly ranked kid. I think he's national top 100 and uh, maybe all four services, certainly all three. Uh, you know, I talked about him a lot today. Today is the first day I actually saw senior film of Kevin Riley. I've been excited about Kevin Riley all along. Uh, based on his his underclassman tape, his junior tape. But I saw senior tape today for the first time. Boy, let me tell you, I mean, he's got two elite traits. Uh, his burst is fantastic. And, and there's probably not a trait. There's probably not an element to playing running back more important to me than burst. And burst, I simply mean, I don't know, maybe you measure it from zero to 10 yards. You know, when you, when you do somebody's 40, that zero to 10 to me, is more important than the rest of the 40. It's it's that start you get off to. Can you can you go like you are shot out of a cannon? And he does. His burst is outstanding. Uh, secondly, he's got some really good short area quickness. And by that, I mean, hey, when you're avoiding tacklers, do you have quick feet? Can you move laterally? Can you stop and cut? Uh, it is outstanding. So between his burst and short area quickness, this is a really good running back prospect. But what makes him a top 100 prospect nationally is, in addition to that burst and that short area quickness, he's tough. He's tough. He will run through arm tackles. He will he will run through the, the tackle box in, uh, in goal line. Uh, this is not a just a speed back track and field guy. When you touch him, he goes down. No, no. The, the, this kid puts his head down and runs through contact. So – I think he's got a great chance. I would say, you know, everybody's going to have a knock. My knock on him would just be his feet are so quick. I think he might do a little bit too much dancing in the hole, you know, a lot. He picks the spots. He's really patient as a runner, which is great when you have that kind of burst. But in the SEC, what do they say on Seinfeld? You know that it's go time. I mean, it's go time. You 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 got to go. You got to trust uh, that it's going to be there, that the hole will be right. there. Yeah, that's right. You got to anticipate where the hole's going to be and go. Because if you're just sitting there waiting and dancing around and trying to make people miss, I mean, you got nine nine guys that are going to get to you before you can get to that hole. So, um, I, but we've had other backs that have had that issue at Alabama, 
and eventually, uh, you know, made their way out of it. I mean, backs have sort of habits they create in high school. I remember Derrick Henry. It sounds nuts, but I, I was Derrick, about to say Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick yeah. Henry was a bounce outside guy when he got here because in high school when he bounced outside, he could outrun everybody to the to the sidelines and then run seventy yards for a touchdown. Uh, he had to learn to be a north south runner, and he did that at Alabama after about two years. And then, boy, once he figured it out, boy, did he ever figure it out. So, hey, all these backs, they they, they all have to take time and improve and adjust to what it's like playing on, on the, at the SEC level. So Kevin will have an adjustment, but that's okay. That's why you have Jam Miller and Justice Haynes and Richard Young already, you know, a, a class or two ahead of him. So Kevin can take his time, uh, but he's also good enough, I think, to where as the third guy, the fourth guy, the fifth guy, he can get carries next next fall and do pretty well. A lot of natural ability there. He commits tomorrow, I think, around 1 o'clock. And, uh, you know, we're projecting him at BOL to flip to Alabama. It's a projection. It's a it's a guess. Uh, Miami's obviously in this NIL era. Well, Miami's they just picked up to another running back. They just picked up another running back from they Ohio did. State. Yeah, Jordan Lyle, uh, who's one of the nation's top running back prospects, flipped from Ohio State to Miami. That probably has helped uh, open the door a little bit for Alabama. But uh, in the end, I think this was about prioritizing and settling on a back. And Alabama's recruited Kevin Riley all along. And I think Alabama made a push for Riley at the same time Miami's, you know, flirting with other backs. And, and the timing of it just all worked out really well. You know, you're talking about Derrick Henry. I'm not going to go off on a thing about it, but uh, I remember very clearly in 2015, it, it probably his game against Mississippi State. Great example of what you were talking about. He was uh, he trusted the hole on like his first long touchdown run, and it was wide open. He burst through there, and everybody's like, "My God!" And then another time, he bounced it outside, probably like his old habits, and he was able to take that for a touchdown. So the the moral of the story is Derrick Henry can do whatever the freak Derrick Henry wants to do. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to talk about a new commitment for Alabama from the transfer portal. We're going to talk about another transfer portal guy that I hope we get a commitment from and uh, some more on recruiting in general. Right now, though, I need to tell everybody about FanDuel. You know we love FanDuel over here at the Locked On Network. It's the absolute best. And as the weather is getting colder, and it is getting colder, the NFL offers stay hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 smacks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Man, there's so much you can do at FanDuel. Go check it out. You got football and basketball and whatever you want. They got it at FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, which include spreads and player props and over-unders and much, much more. So what you got to go do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get into this NFL season like we are because we love the NFL just like we love college football. We love college football more, but NFL season is also a lot of fun. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, so um, let's just do this a little uh, – let, let's knock out the high school stuff, and then we'll get into the transfer portal. So Edric Houston should be signing tomorrow roughly noon central. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, noon central. Uh, and uh, committed to Ohio State. Boy, he uh, he's, he's, he's kind of undecided here late. I mean, I, I think he has seriously spent the day considering flipping to Alabama. 
our current projection is that he sticks with Ohio State, but this is one that bears watching. This is not a well, forget it. Don't tune in at noon. No, trust me. If Evan, if if uh, if Edric Houston was committing uh, in the next five minutes, I would have told Luca, uh, we can't do the show. We got to watch Edric Houston. I mean, that's how that's how how close uh, it is. Uh, I, I think it could be Alabama, um, but but you know, we, we want to make predictions on the show. My prediction would be Ohio State right now. Uh, boy, he's a great five-star prospect. Reminds me of Jonathan Allen. Uh, if he goes to Ohio State, he's going to be a great one. They have an outstanding uh, history, a recent history with defensive linemen. We know that the Boses and JT Tom Malu or, or and, and many many others. Uh, boy, and and you know we'll see what happens. You know with this whole career, Alabama gave him a lot to think about. I think it's been a tough decision for him today. Uh, again, predicting Ohio State, that one could go either way. Yeah, I'm. I predicted Alabama yesterday. I'm sort of like you. I'm leaning Ohio State, but I'm not going to be shocked one way or the other. I do think it's come down to these two. Uh, for those who don't know, Edric Houston is a rather large defensive lineman out of Buford, Georgia. Alabama's had some good luck with, with Buford players here of late. So maybe that will play a, a role. Who knows? Um, but I would love to see him in this class. Now, a lineman that Alabama has secured is LT Overton. The transfer from Texas A&M, he was a he was a five star, five star plus, I think by on three is what they call him, right? Don't you do five star pluses? We do five star plus, and what that simply means at on three is someone who is a five star on every service. All f- okay, gotcha. Four services um, on three, twenty four seven rivals in ESPN. So LT Overton originally from Georgia, and he had. Um, he had some ties. He had some family ties to the University of Alabama in that his dad and maybe somebody else worked at, at Alabama his for mom. a while. Both parents. Yeah, both parents. Both parents. And, you know, the AM thing, he was – I mean, look, I'm, I'm not trying to start a whirlwind, but he was caught up in the AM thing when uh, the AM thing was something to be caught up in. And Nick Saban created a firestorm after that class because I, I think Alabama thought they had a great shot at LT Overton and Walter Nolan, for that matter, um, who's also in the transfer portal. But LT Overton does commit to Alabama. And um, one thing that has come to my attention, Jimmy, you know, I think, and, and you said this best, so I want to give you credit. You said Texas A&M didn't do this kid a lot of favors because it looks like he needs to be heavier and playing on the line more. I mean, they've got him playing sort of, you know, his hands aren't even in the dirt, it seems like. Yeah, Jimmy is uh, Jimmy's dealing with a, I think, a, Maybe a moth flew down his throat. He, he's still there if you're listening on just the well, podcast. Sorry about that. Here, he's back. He's back. He's back. <clears throat> so uh, LT, you know, when he's coming out of high school, he could be projected as a guy to play outside or inside. And uh, Alabama the thought of him as there. an inside guy. Moth is still there. Alabama thought of him as an inside guy. Oh, uh, A&M thought of him as an outside guy. So at A&M, they wanted him to lose weight, play outside, play sort of a Dallas Turner role. Alabama sort of sees him as an inside guy. Um, I think where AM really made a mistake, Luke, is he was 17 years old when he showed up. And, and he had reclassified. He was really young. So they get him at AM, and he's probably too young to be thrown into the fire, much less you're asking him to lose weight, play outside, which is going to be a little less physical than inside. But probably it was best for his long-term future to gain weight play with his hand on the ground and be a down lineman. But AM spent a lot of time trying to turn him into Dallas Turner. 
Alabama thinks of him as a Justin Aboigby, a pass-rushing defensive lineman. So he's shown up. He was literally, I believe we we, we got intel at BOL that he, he was 255 on his visit this past weekend, 255, which is basically uh, really about, about Chris Braswell's size, maybe a little bit bigger than Chris Braswell. Uh, but we want him to be a down lineman. So he's got a few months to gain about 30 pounds or more. And when you're like, whoa, that's a lot. Keep in mind, this kid showed up at A&M in the 270s. Yeah. I mean, he had to lose weight to get down to what, what he was and, and, and work to keep it off. So it's easier to put weight back on that you've already had. And uh, and long term, this is in his best, best interest. I mean, let's be honest. As an outside linebacker at Texas A&M, I think over two seasons, he's played in a bunch of games and has 17 tackles and like one sack. I mean, so it, it wasn't really working now he was in a backup role there but at Alabama I think we've got a better plan for him than A&M had and and I'm excited about how athletic this kid is for such a big dude and and again he's gonna be I I would say right now Luke I'll predict he will play this fall at 290 and I know that's a lot of weight to add in a short period of time Alabama's got a whole science center that they built to do just (laughs) this it's literally the science center. That's what they call it. They may it's just like, they may just strap a third grader onto him and say, now you're just, you just made weight. You remember weird science with uh with yeah. Anthony Michael Hall and they made uh, Kelly LeBrock? Yeah, yeah that's what they're you. doing in there. What do you mean that's to what our they're doing in there? Still got the poster. <laughs> um, that's what they're doing in there. All right. So now what we're gonna do is I'm gonna tell everybody about LinkedIn, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about Evan Stewart who just jumped in the portal and we're gonna talk about some other portal and recruiting stuff that this I'm gonna tell you, it's a weird year for a lot of guys who are already committed. All right, now I want to tell everybody about LinkedIn. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is just so intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. And they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier than what I just mentioned. That's crazy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, ah, they're going to apply. You can bet on that. They're going to apply. Okay, so uh, my main man, my main target, um, and I know that it shouldn't be this way. I know that our main targets in the portal should be more defensive linemen, probably. They should be maybe maybe a tackle, but probably not a tackle. But maybe more trench guys, because those are the foundation blocks, right? And we got some wide receivers, and hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe Ryan Williams signs tomorrow. We still don't know. I'm feeling less and less sure about that, <laughs> but yeah. maybe he does. But we already got Isaiah Bond and Kobe Prentice. We got some dudes. We got some dudes. But Evan Stewart, Jimmy, I have mm-hmm. I have gazed upon greatness, <laughs> and it is Evan Stewart. I, I just think this man is a um, hmm, an Adonis of untapped potential. 
I just think he's got speed. I think he's got hands. I think he's got toughness. Do I think he's going to be a culture fit? I frankly, I don't know. Um, that's that's you know, how do I put this nicely without making the locked on Aggies mad? Whoever we get or wherever these Texas AM guys go, I think you're going to, have to get some of the Texas AM off of them because it feels like there wasn't a great culture over there, and you're going to have culture. to reprogram them. And yeah. Fadil, Fadil, am I saying that right? Fadil Diggs, he just committed to Syracuse, right? Um, which is interesting. Syracuse has gotten they got Kyle McCord too, so they they're loading up on the yeah a bunch of other guys. They've uh, they've they've kind of been the Ole Miss of the Northeast. Yeah, I dig world. it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so Diggs is going to Syracuse. Uh, Walter Nolan looks like he's going to Ole Miss, and and obviously we get LT Overton. There, there's some other Texanium guys in the portal right now that may not have a home yet. But uh, Evan Stewart to me, I mean. It, you know, maybe somebody will say Malachi Nelson or Dante Moore, who is committed to Oregon now, or or any of those guys, Riley, uh, Riley Leonard. I, to me, Evan Stewart's like the crown jewel of the of the portal class. I just think he's fabulous, and I would yeah. love to have him on this team. Ninety-one catches, eleven hundred yards in two years at A and M. That's uh, outstanding production. I mean, uh, to to compare to quarterback uh, play usually. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have a stellar – I mean, w- Wigman's good, but he didn't play a lot. I mean, how many starts did he have? Like six. Uh, I think, you know, 91 catches, 1,100 yards. Uh, in comparison, Isaiah Bond had 60 catches for 800 yards. So yeah. so Evan Stewart's been a lot more productive than Isaiah Bond, and they're in the same class. Uh, and Bond's, frankly, had a much better quarterback, you know, Bryson than Milrow. So – uh, that just shows how good Evan Stewart is. I'm a big fan. I, I think uh, it, it's the same refrain, and I know people get sick of hearing, hearing the same thing, but to me this is just about NIL, and, and that's if Evan Stewart wants to do Jordan Addison, if he wants to be Jordan Addison from two years ago, that's fine, but it, it won't happen in Alabama. But if he wants to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pull a Jamison Williams. I'm going to do what Jamison Williams did. I'm going to – go spend one year at a place that's going to launch me in the NFL. And that place is Alabama, uh, just like Jamison. So he can be like JMO and uh, show up for just the standard NIL deal and then cash in with a big NFL payday, or he can pull the Jordan Addison and, and it worked out for Jordan Addison. I mean, in the sense let of, me add to that. Yeah. Let, let me, let me piggyback off that for a second. You know, I just had the thought. My selling point would be, okay, you can be Jordan Addison. That's right. And he pro- he got a bigger payday than he would at Alabama because Alabama's not going to pay as much. That's already been sort of – that's known um, because they sort of pay kind of the same to every – now somebody's going to get more, you know, whatever. But uh, maybe somebody really – at USC, maybe they threw the bag at you. Okay. And, and I'm not mad at USC, not at all. But ha- that did it work out because I would argue this. Yes, the quarterback that was throwing you the ball, he won the Heisman, and that's wonderful for him. But what if you had come to Alabama? Alabama lost two games on the last play of the game each time. Are you telling me Jordan Addison couldn't have been the difference in those two games when we knew we had receiver issues on several different occasions? Isn't that the year he would have been there, or was that – Am I thinking that's the wrong year? No, I think Addison's a rookie, right? Yeah, Addison played at USC last year. Yeah, he was a rookie. Uh, so, so he could have made a difference in winning and losing. Wouldn't it, okay, and and now if it's the difference in winning and losing, and let's say you just win one of those two games between LSU and Tennessee, 
then you go to the SEC championship game. I'm not going to be crazy when I say, let's say Alabama wins that game. We've done pretty well against Georgia there before. All of a sudden now, Jordan Addison, yes, you made less on the initial money grab. You've made a lot more in how people know who you are because you're playing on a team that's the national. By the way, I just saw a tweet that said Alabama is the technically the most watched team in all of college football. So you're on there are a million, a billion eyes on you at all the time. I mean, I might be fudging the numbers. There are a billion eyes on you at all the time. And um, you're, you're playing for the biggest brand in the sport right now. It may not be 10 years from now, but it is right now. And you're having a former Heisman Trophy guy throw you the ball. I mean, dare I say, it would have been a lot better for him long term to have gone to Alabama and taken less money on the front end. Oh, you could certainly make that. That's myself. I'm just saying he went. Yeah, he he wanted a bunch of money. Apparently, got that for uh, his asking price from USC, and and uh, I think he was a late first round pick, right? I think he was picked yeah. somewhere in the twenties. Um, I'm sure I was probably disappointed to him. I, I, I think if anything, Alabama's argument is, hey, if you'd sign with Alabama and play with Bryce, you know, you might have been drafted a little higher, you know, than, than you were for, out of USC, which matters a lot because that's a lot of money. I mean, if you're the 14th pick versus the 27th pick, that's a lot of money, probably more than he made at USC in his one year there. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying it worked out for him in the sense that he got what he was looking for and he still got drafted in the first round, and he's having a, a big-time rookie year for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. So uh, let's see what Evan Stewart wants. I mean, to me, it's about what he wants. Uh, I am not really – you know, a lot of times these big-name kids get in the portal, Luke, and I'm throwing a wet towel on it real quick saying, guys, just forget it. I'm not saying that with Evan Stewart. I, I think there is a real possibility of Alabama being involved here. For instance, it's similar to LT Overton. I mean, where Alabama almost signed LT Overton out of high school, got to know him and liked him. Evan Stewart, similarly, was was very close to picking Alabama out of high school and then then went with A&M like LT Overton. So, so to me, it's kind of a similar situation. And, uh, hey, LT, he went from A&M's NIL deal to, to Alabama's NIL deal and uh, didn't, didn't phase him. So I don't rule out the Evan Stewart uh, possibility at all. One – Final th- thing I'll throw in about Evan Stewart is I don't think it would affect Ryan Williams. I don't think so. So I'm not saying, uh, boy, don't take Evan. You don't know how Ryan's going to take it. You know, you got to talk to Ryan, you know, and his people saying, you know, if we're bringing a portal receiver, that make any, any difference, right? I mean, he's a junior and you'd be a freshman. But at the same time, all of these kids that you're signing believe, and in Ryan's case, rightfully, <laughs> that uh, that they're going to be a big part of things from day one. And here's another guy that's going to be, uh, you know, running routes and catching balls. Yeah, I'll say this. If Ron said he didn't like it, I'm not taking – as much as I love Edwin, Evan Stewart, I'm not taking him. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I know. Saying but, you gotta, you got you to gotta ask. I mean, you got to – I'm hey, with you. This, I mean – so, by the and it's way, probably fine. It's, pro- it's probably fine. You know, three receivers generally play at once. It's not just one guy, but, but you got Bond coming back. Boy, how about that threesome, though? Uh, boy, to sell Ryan. What about, what about uh, you go out and line up in three wide receivers and it's Isaiah Bond to Evan Stewart and Ryan Williams? Good Lord, Jimmy. That is unfair to everybody. Um, <laughs> they should cancel the season and just mail Alabama the trophy. <laughs> just look, let's go ahead and skip the 25, y'all. Not even do the 12 team thing. Um, okay. 
I was going to talk a little more, but we're right at the end. So let's leave the rest of it for tomorrow. We're going to try and have, we hope, a live show about 1145 tomorrow. Edric Houston is supposed to sign at noon central. So we're going to try and get on a little bit before that and a little bit after that. Uh, that's the plan. So if you want to you know, be around for that, please do. And uh, look, thank you guys for subscribing and being part of all this. We love some recruiting. Hopefully that comes through in this show. And we appreciate every single one of y'all out there. Y'all are the absolute best. Don't even care that some of y'all uh, you know, make fun of my camera or Jimmy's ability to handle tech. I mean, or that I'm just, I'm just kind of fat. That that one stung a little bit. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Everybody, get some sleep right here before signing day. And until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.